smoke on this. Episode 5 of Facing the Crowd podcast with none other than Rex Brown, founding member and bass player from Pantera. He also worked in a lot of metal supergroups, including Kill Devil Hill, Down, Crowbar, and he's got his solo albums. Welcome to the show, Rex. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, hey, how, how you doing? doing? Good, man. I'm doing well. Let me turn you down real quick. Can you hear, you hear audio is fine? Yeah, all yeah, good. Yeah, all good. You see your little picture right. there of you in your shades. In the, <laughs> you know, they, they make it, they, I had a big mask on there and I, you know, I used it for the, I did have Zoom on my phone, but anyway, um, fuck it. Um, here we are. Uh, yeah, where, where, where are you guys located? So I know kind of where you're at. So we're in uh, South End on Sea in Essex. Um, England. <clears throat> in England. Yeah, just, yeah. Out, just outside London. Not far from London, about 45 minutes just from London. London. Yeah. Very, very cool. Dude, I, I love London. Essex boys, uh, I, I haven't been to London and oh man, has it been? It's been five or six years. Um, always a favorite. Yeah, man, staying down in Soho. There, there's oh, nothing Soho, like yeah. it. You've been to the Crowbar. Yeah. I can only imagine you Carnaby and, you know, the, dude, I think the last time I was there, I was with, uh, we were playing, well, when was this? It was like 2010. Um, one of my um, one of my last uh, one of my last shows with Down. Okay. And, um, and we were staying. I can't remember the name of the hotel, but um, for lunch we we got there early. Checked in the hotel. And we were kind of waiting for rooms. You know, one of those things that uh, you know you got to wait till a certain time. So me and Pepper go grab lunch, and I'll be damned if there's not like Glenn Hughes sitting there. And uh, he invited us to sit down and have, have lunch with him. And about that time, about 30 minutes later, here comes uh, Dusty and Billy from ZZ Top. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so, you know, <laughs> poor Glenn. Um, you know, I've known Glenn for a long time, like 93 or something like that. Uh, yeah, maybe before that. Um, and anyway, um, Billy sits down, man, and once he starts going, you can't stop him, you know. <laughs> and, Pe and Pepper knew exactly what buttons to push. Like, you know, he wears this keychain around his neck. And, yeah. uh, and, and so anyway, Pepper goes, what's that key? He goes, well, this is a 1954 fucking, you know. Um, and poor Glenn just got up and excused himself. He didn't, you know, he, he, <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't in for a, a Billy Gibbons session. So me and Dusty in the afternoon, I don't know why I'm telling you this, guys. Um, that's great. Because that's probably, it's, it's just uh, it's one of those rock and roll stories. So me and Dusty went, and it was around the time that um, I hadn't been, man, it's been like, it was like, it had been like three years that I didn't drink on the road. Okay. You know, I was just completely sober, hanging around a fucking crazy dude from down. You know, um, Kirk was fucking, Kirk putting his, like, you know, putting his whole weight of his head on my shoulder when we we're playing shows so he doesn't fall down. That's how <laughs> fucked up he used to get. You know, so anyway, um, I just, man, I, that weekend there was just too much cool shit going on. I go, 
Dusty goes, let's go have some beers around the corner. I know a fucking perfect little pub, you know? And, uh, and I'll be down if we just didn't go. And we had a day off that day, which is great. So we went down to uh, Senior Frogs. I don't know if that's still down there. Uh, Froggies, you know what I'm talking about? The jewelry. The oh, jewelry. No, I don't know that one. Um, no, we know the crowbar. We've been in the crowbar a few times. Did you ever go in there, Rich? Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I heard Jimmy Bauer's interview with y'all about the crowbar. <laughs> I, I, remember Jimmy Bauer, I remember Jimmy Bauer and the crowbar and that motherfucker, man. You talk about, he would just be like, literally drool would be coming out the side of his fucking mouth. Everybody would be buying, you know, everybody would buy his fucking free drinks. But, you know, I, I couldn't, in those kind of situations, like Philip and I, we couldn't move. You know, it's like, we're just trying to watch whatever's going on, you know, and just trying to find, and there's no place to really have a, have any privacy in that joint, you know? Yeah, um, yeah of course. So no, if you go no. to the, man, I remember standing many a time in that, by trying to get a fucking taxi right across the street, right there in the middle of the road, um, drunk out of our minds till, you know, three or four in the morning, not being able to catch, catch a ride, you know? Um, it's like they almost, like, it's like the lose. What do you call those guys? For the mini cab drive Uber guys. The, the cabbies, what do you used to call them, Lou or, uh, anyway, the, the cabbies, dude, they, they would just drive right past you. You know, they didn't oh, want yeah. long hair. They didn't want uh, long hairs in the fucking It's cab. just behind the main road, isn't it? That's the problem with it. It's not on the main Tottenham Road. Right. So, yeah. Not as, um, anyway, yeah. For do you remember that? Do you remember those shows well, then, Rex? Like uh, the evening we're down. Do you remember them well? You know, I, I remember shows a lot better than you know, like the stuff that happens after. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the down we got really, really tight, and then we could get as loose as it possibly get, which uh, was cool too. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. I mean, I remember you know, those. I remember those shows so well. Uh, we were at those shows, you know, the evening we're down at Astoria. And all I remember, we, well, was what it I remember the Astoria? Didn't, I think we, I think we, we, uh, I think we recorded that show. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. Yeah, some's on the DVD. I think, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's on that Diary of a Mad Band. That's right. But it was um, so hot, you couldn't breathe in there. The air conditioning packed up. Like, oh, I remember that. Everyone night. was yes, just taking their clothes off. Dude, I remember that night. It was fucking like, the second song, I was fucking completely just doused. Just, just yeah, like, you know. You guys um, were tight. Yeah. I, you know, from listening to that thing with Jimmy, I, it brought back a bunch of memories of playing Download that that morning, you know, like at oh. noon or one or something like that. You were like the surprise uh, band, weren't you? Were you the surprise band? Yeah, or? and we were mighty surprised to fucking see where we were parked compared to... Um, are you parked we in Coventry parked, or something? We were, dude, we were parked in like fucking six miles away. My God. And like, I woke up at like 10, 30, 11. We had to go on at 12. And there, I, I mean, there, I didn't have walkie-talkie. I didn't have shit. Yeah. I think it was just me and, me and Kirk on the bus. And we just, I mean, I, I, I guess we just got stuff off the bus. And then, then we would catch rides. I think we caught a ride with somebody. You know, another band saw me or somebody. Somebody like that. And finally got us to the stage. Yeah. Um, it, it was quick and uh, I think that was one of the we had been rehearsing I can't remember if that was a that was probably the first of the tour or maybe the middle I can't right. remember that was a that was quite a while ago but yeah. uh, 
Yeah, yeah man. And two, uh, you know, that whole run that we did in 2005 was one of uh, one of my favorite um, tours because we only did like I think we did maybe three and a half, four weeks, and went just to get a feeling of how everything was going to go. We went and did Paris and fucking sold that out. The the, the uh, what's it called? The Bataclan or whatever. Bataclan, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously that place is notorious now. And of course, the fucking shoot, dude. When I when I saw that when it came up with the news, I was just like, you know, I played that place so many fucking times. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the back of my hand. Yeah, but it, you know, they were showing pictures of it, and it, and it, it for me, it they had changed it up quite a bit. Right. Um, I guess. But anyway, we went and did this whole. You know, like just trying to get that. I wanted to go. I said, let's just take the band to Europe and see what fucking happens. See if we still have any girth. See, you know. So we recorded our asses off and and just decided to go to Europe. And dude, we sold out of fucking we uh, t-shirts to fucking. You know, Philip would run sets. I mean, we were playing Paris, and and uh, now I remember that fucking place. And it was so fucking hot in there. And it was towards the start of the tour, and he we played for about three and a half hours. Yeah. And it, dude, I'm telling you, me and Kirk were dying. We were in the farthest place, and we couldn't get any wind. It, and it was to the point where everybody was just fucking like kneeling on one leg, and Phil just kept on calling songs. Yeah. You know, um, and that's how you kind of that's how you prep a band. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like, man, look, look, let's let's get to the fucking encore because I'm fucking done. Um, yeah, and I don't sure. use, I've never said that in my life, you know. Like, is that the way you guys have always worked? Does Phil always just shout the songs out and then you just play them? Is there not like a set list in place? There was a set list in place, but then we would go back and, yeah, but you know, he would, back in those days, he was still in that long rant in between songs. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes those would go 15 fucking minutes. So by the time you do your set, you're, you're two and a half hours in, and if he starts throwing songs in, um, um, in fact, some of the stuff that we didn't even rehearse, and uh, thank God I knew the catalog, you know, like the first record, but um, yeah, sure, cool. um, but we would drag, you know, we, we would drag different parts of like the second record, because, you know, when we did that second record, it was a uh, um, it, it was one of those kind of records that it, it, it makes you want, you know, the, the songs makes you want to, like, we wanted to make those like seven, eight minutes long, you know? Yeah, um, yeah they're proper so it, had, it, had, it had it, you know, it, that, that was a cool band, you know? Um, hmm. Philip just didn't, you know, Philip and Pepper, um, you get those two strong-headed fuckers together, man. It's like, well, are we going to work or are we not, you know? Right, right, so yeah. it, was, it, was, it was up and down. Um, Philip has so much stuff that he wants to do. So, you know, I can understand that from an artist's perspective. But um, at the same time, he does seem to do this. or should have get off pot and I finally did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rex, so um, when you, um, you know, when you were younger, you was in a jazz band. How, how did that turn into getting into heavy metal and, and following that route? So obviously... It wasn't necessarily like you went and joined, you know, like got a band together to play jazz. We went to school band uh, that we were for. I was very fortunate enough to grow up in an era where there was still music and say that like choir and, um, you know, like bands and, and lab bands is what we called them. L.A.B. Lab bands. 
And so um, that's how we kind of learned, you know, and, and the, 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 uh, the teachers were all into more jazz. I mean, that's what they liked listening to. And teaching jazz for a young kid exposes you to all kinds of stuff where you can open up to improv improvisation. That's what jazz is pretty much. I mean, it follows the main formula. But so anyway, I went all, I didn't go to junior high with Benny. We lived, we, we didn't live far apart, but I was, I was district to another school. And, um, and so we, when we got into, but well, we knew who each other were because we were both the head of our, like I, I, he was, a, he, he played the snare drum uh, in the drum line and, and uh, his school had a phenomenal teacher, just like the ones that we did. And I played tuba. So we were in, it was called UIL and it was, um, you know, like everybody from the city, all these gifted kids would get together. So I knew who Benny was. And uh, then when I turned 15, I went into high school and uh, that's when I really met Benny and, and that whole, um, Benny and his brother and his brother was only fucking 13, you know, didn't even know how to play guitar then. Yeah. And, um, and so Benny was playing drums in the lab band and, um, and this lab band that we played in was like, like when you got to the senior level, every year that they got to go to Mantra, you know, um, the Mantra open jazz fest there in, uh, Switzerland. And so, um, the teachers were just fucking, they were downright, man, we go over to their house and fucking blow joints and, you know, drink a beer or two and just listen to old records, like Coltrane and, you know, and listen to Charlie Parker and all this crazy shit. It yeah. was really, you know, it, it opened your mind to all kinds of different, different stuff, you know, man. Yeah. I, I, I grew up more as a Zeppelin fan than I was, you know, Zeppelin and Kiss um, growing up. And Vinny was more into, um, I don't know, I, I want to say more, when, it, when Pantera formed the year before I got in a band, they were playing more Loverboy kind of top 40 stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we started listening to heavier stuff. Of course, Metallica's record came out shortly after that uh, first record, and and the whole scene, the new 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 wave of uh, a British heavy metal came, and we finally found it at this little local record store. And it was only, you know, maybe a handful of fucking kids that even knew who some of these bands were. Yeah, you know, but that's yeah. the only that's it. That's the only, that was before you could even get like a Kerrang or anything in 1980 or even close you know so um here comes a new sound you know yeah. um and but we were still playing in the clubs and we had to play those fucking top 40 shit fucking songs <laughs> and uh just just to get up a you know enough um just because that's what you had to do if you wanted to play you know sure, if you wanted sure. to play at clubs yeah all the great massive bands like aerosmith and the stones they all started off as covers bands right all the big bands like Aerosmith and you know, obviously like you know, they all started yeah. off to, as covers bands. Absolutely. Yeah. Playing cover tunes. Yeah, I, I think of the you know, the Aerosmith covered the stones so good they were like the second, you know, the America's fucking stones, because that's all they played. Um but I grew up more of a hippie rock than metal, so yeah. to speak. Um 
it's funny, like every day I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll look at something or I'll hear some song in my head from afar or be in a TV commercial or something. I'll go back and like listen to it. I was listening to the fucking Doobie Brothers this morning. Nice. And I, I was going, man, I forgot about all those cool fucking songs they had before they got Michael McDonald in the band. What's that train so, song? Long train yeah, coming? Uh, long, train, long train running. Mate, what a tune. That riff. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. And so, yeah, in fact, I listened to that this morning. I was going to blow, I can't believe you said that. That's fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, man, it, it, like with The Voice, I was, I kind of hung around the older crowd that turned me on to more, you know, like Steely Dan shit than, mm. say, than say, you know, Sammy Hagar. So yeah. I was more in tune with that style of music than I was. But I loved playing metal because it's such a fucking, you know, playing the bass, um and a metal band is so much different than just i mean you know you got to find your own style with that and yeah you know and and i listened to you know ace of spades it's fucking when i heard that record heard lemmy and his chops you know his sound yeah you know that i think that that's the first record that really turned my head sideways and go that's fucking because it you know, it's got the it's got the fringes of punk, you know, but it's not. It's it's yeah. its own form of like fucking really heavy duty. It man for me, Motorhead was was a speedy fucking Black Sabbath. You mm, know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, like the No Remorse album. You know. Oh my god! And no, Overkill. Right. I had Overkill on the other day. I didn't know anybody that had no remorse. All I knew was like the day the fucking Ace of Spades came out. And I think that was like 80, 79, 80. Mm. Right. So, um, you know, my buddy turned me on to it, man. Um, he's still around trying to do metal too. God bless us. So the God, we call him the Godfather of metal back in, back in Texas. No way. Awesome. Yeah. Jerry Ward. You ever dabble with a bit of credence? Not, never liked him. I oh, you, fair. I won't. I won't listen to this shit. Uh -huh. I don't know why. I just, I just think it was, it was. Uh, it's always on the radio. I didn't. I just, man, that, that political type uh, throwing shit. Well, look, they're a good band. You know, there's uh -huh. nothing wrong. With, I'm just not a man. I'm more of a, a fucking Zeppelin head or. Or say, uh, 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 fuck, humble pie fan than I am, you know that kind of um, three chord silly John uh, CCR shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, fair enough. No, each to their own, man. Each to their own. I was it's a the... huge Pogat fan. You know, yeah. uh, Rod Rod Price is god to me. Um, uh, some of the, some of the fucking, you know, that, that kind of thump. And then I, dude, I got turned on to ZZ top and yeah. I, the rest is history. You know, I lived oh, in a really small, lived in a small town of about 600 people, you know, out in the middle of nowhere until I was about 11 years old. Yeah. Um, literally. And all you could hear on the radio was like this terrible, well, it, it wasn't horrible because my sister was 17 years older than I was. So I got all the Beatles, all the stones got all the turtles, got all the fucking uh, uh, Crosby, Still and Nash, all that, you know, that songwriting kind of, you yeah. know, stuff. 
um, which brings me, I'll tell you here in a second, but it, it comes into my daughter of how she wanted to learn music. I said, you need to go back to where it started. You know, yeah. let me, I pulled out all, you know, my sister gave me all the Bill Haley and the Comets records and fucking, uh, you know, Chuck Berry and shit like that. And that's where you start, you know? And then I wanted to turn her on to the songwriters like Carol King and female artists like Laura Nero and stuff like that to get her. And then she could follow her own path. She'd go into the Stevie Nicks and from Stevie Nicks go into Pat Benatar's and, the, but follow the lineage of how these girls got there. You know, oh, yeah, she's yeah. really, she's got a fucking beautiful ear and, and plays amazing guitar. So anyway, you know, nope. my whole thing was like when yeah. ZZ Top came on the radio, dude, and it was Tush and it was fucking, it was just, it's like my head just exploded. It was another one of those, you know, epiphanies my life. ZZ Top, then Motorhead, you know, <laughs> or, Pat, or, or Pat Travers in between, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, amazing. Um, let, let's let's uh, touch it for a second on uh, on obviously your solo work, man. Uh, smoke on this yeah, one album. What an album! You know, it wasn't bad for first record. You know, for the first solo thing you're doing and seeing, well, do I have a voice? Can I do it? You know, hundred yeah, um, percent. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, you know what I, I love about it as well? The production on the album, like when, when like the bass drum hits and the bass hits, it punches you in the chest. The production is amazing. Yeah, me and Williams, uh, the the drummer on there, he plays for Accept now. Okay, um, oh, I love Accept. He's, uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a monster. He's a monster. In fact, he's the one that, that that put me in touch with the producer. Um, I'd gone to Nashville just to get the fuck out of L.A. That's where all my stuff was, mm. and uh, I was I was getting away from that Kill Devil Hill stuff that was going nowhere. Right. Um, Again, two great in, albums, I've got to say. Personally Even though speaking. you know it, they're they're great records and all that kind of stuff, it just it was a time during the music business where hell you couldn't get fucking arrested if you got arrested, you know. So um, it I just moved all my stuff to Nashville and found some really cool people to to kind of jam with, and that's where this whole slew of cool the the coolest people of LA moved out to Nashville, or you know all the agents. Nashville became the hub here, you know, for for entertainment. So. Um, I had a buddy that had just moved there about six months before I came down. He goes, why don't we write a couple tunes, you know, and I'd done some of previous stuff with them in this band called arms of the sun that never did anything. Mm. Uh, we never toured or anything else, but he was a brilliant songwriter. And so we worked at those, we worked at that first record in, you know, um, it took, took about a year, but we finally did it. You know, I would, I like to go and, and, and do about four or five songs and then take about a two month break and then come back and then sure, refresh sure. them and, and then do another four. And that's how I make records. I like the way that no song sounds the same on the album, Rex. Wait till you hear this new one, dude. It's When's it out? Is there a release date, Rex? My, this new record, man, I've had it, it's been in the can for about a year. Okay. But, um, I, I still think it's relevant. You know, it's just one of those where. I had a bunch of stuff and I was just going through my phone and just found all these riffs and go and went, uh, these, these are kind of where I, I it, man, it's like, you know, when you're an artist, you know, and you've been playing metal for, oh, I don't know. It was probably 35 years, you know? Yeah. Well, I left a lot, I left a lot of shit out because, you know, in between that, I went to down, which is a total sludge fucking core band. 
mm. you know, um, which I loved. Um, but I was looking for something else. And so some the songs on this record, I, this one is just as sturdy, if not sturdier than the last one. Um, it's got a lot more melody. The, the voice is so much more, you know, it's grown into its own. Um, and it's, it's I, I'll put it I'll put it this way, it's more introspective record than say the first one. It's, mm. it, uh, it, it still rocks, but you know, like I was saying, uh, as a musician, if you're just playing metal all your friend, that's all you do. You know, yeah. you're, you're never, you're never going to go anywhere as a musician learning all this stuff and, you know, breaking the guitar out and playing guitar again has always been a passion of mine since I was a kid, yeah. you know, and, and played all the, all, all the way through my whole career. But, uh, but I was more, you know, I'm a bass player, you know, yeah. for, for better or worse, mm -hmm. bass player, ranger, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're obviously a very competent guitarist as well, you know, as you show on the album. Well, thanks. Fantastic. Yeah, I just, I just play, I just play rhythm guitar. I'm a couple of leads here and there, but. So, Rex, have you got plans to maybe um, play this once the solo, second solo album's out? You know, maybe come to uh, London and play both those albums. Absolutely, absolutely. I just got fucking brand new spanking goddamn Red Hot management. Um, that uh, speaking of ZZ Top, they manage ZZ Top, so. Oh, wow. um yeah we, we you know it's just this whole pandemic thing has put everything yeah, on hold yeah. you know dude how i miss going to shows i miss fucking playing you know mm. um i'm really really itching because you know usually I, I get on a plane and go to nashville every three months you know keep my chops up write a tune whatever i've got to do whatever i feel like you know um i hell in between all the between the um the thing with the first record i the reason yeah right um the the uh i'm up in the mountains guys so forgive me um the reception is spotty um the reason i really didn't tour that first record of death is because i didn't want to play cover tunes right, I, you okay. know i'd already done that done that for seven or eight years of my career and i yeah. was like i don't have enough material so with the second one i got plenty of material to go off of and uh and then you know i'm back in shape again you know da 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 in between you know these two records i've recorded probably enough for for three for probably another record and then i have a whole um i went in and did a did a ep of or, or more than an ep but like eight eight cover tracks um just for fun you know yeah. um i was just bored and wanted to do something like that so um, it's um, it's one of those things where I've got got all these leftover, you know. I've got a bunch, man. I've got tons of fucking songs, well, and they just keep them? coming out, which, which is good. Those What's cover that? tracks. Any any names on those cover tracks? Oh, I did a Tom Petty off of uh, the Mojo record. Uh, I should have known it, which is on this new record. Mm. Um, I did uh, did a Pretender song of all fucking things. Oh, right. Ooh, I saw that in Dustin And uh, see what else I did. Saturday Night Fever, uh, Saturday Night Special by Leonard Skinner. I did. Uh, oh shit! Ah shit! I can't remember. I had to look. Um, <laughs> there, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of, uh, <laughs> oh, I did. I did. I did. Bitch by the Stones. I did. You know, shit that I just just want. I thought like, well, let's just put put an EP out and just covers. You know, so we can maybe hit the road, and yeah. uh, and that's when the, like the record company they had front loaded that record so hard, 
that they they just man they didn't do anymore with it you know what mm. i'm saying they just said uh well if you don't have any tours we're, we're just not going to support it and that's when i went fuck the music industry all together i'm getting my own label i'm finding this distributor you know yeah. so that's what's happening now yeah i think a lot of people are finding that's the way to go now isn't it well i mean it's the only way you can make any money yeah. <clears throat> or you know have any support um you got somebody that's going to manufacture, just distribute, and uh, and package the thing. You know, it's it's a, uh, um, yeah. I've got a really cool guy at BMG, the guy that does all the Foo Fighter stuff. And it sounds like an evening with Rex will happen in the uh, near future. Yeah, <laughs> the, the WRECKS <laughs> Records is in motion. We can all hook up in the crowbar. Like <laughs> so Rex. Huh? Uh, your, the, your deal with um, Prestige guitars, how's that going? I mean, the guitars are beautiful. Um, which one? Like the, the Prestige, like the Les Paul looking one. That's the one I've got my eye on. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, man, I, I uh, check this shit out. Here in the last, I went to Nashville right before this pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, like the end of February. And they gave me a whole tour of the fucking factory, filmed it, um, everything else. We're building... Uh, I've got five models coming out with those guys of uh, all Thunderbirds. Um, Thunderbirds, sweet. Cla classic old, like, man, we've got, we've got one from 67 or reverse. It's fucking just badass as shit. Um, I'm waiting any day now for the prototype for the, for, for the custom. So, um, yeah, we're just, we're, 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 we're kind of timing the record release of what Gibson wants to do. Yeah. Um, because you get more bigger, you know, the bigger bang for the buck all around the fucking world, you know, mm -hmm. um, with these guys. Um, so, um, like, you know, I'm, I'm finished with everything. All I have to do is like, uh, just, uh, got artwork. I've got everything I need, you know? So it's just, you know, look, it doesn't look like anybody's going to hit the road till probably in the next summer. No, you know, officially and and i don't want to put anybody at risk you know oh. um especially the fans you know the fans for me the fans have been everything yeah and i i've always tried to give credit where it's due but you know i wouldn't be shit without those guys at the same time i, I got off facebook about two years ago man i just couldn't take the shit anymore so i get somebody to do all my stuff on facebook yeah um, okay. But it, but it kind of alienates you, you know, because you're not on there, you're not seeing kind of what's happening. And I'll take that, you know, I just, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I'm on Twitter and that's, I'm cool with it. You yeah, know? but it worked out well for us with contacts and you, didn't it? So. Yeah, absolutely. It, <laughs> yeah, you're talking to the well. fans right now. Hey man, I'll tell you this. If knowing that you guys were fans and, and listening to that Jimmy Bauer thing, I go, you know what? Um, let's don't go through official channels with this. Let's just fucking do it. You know, um, that, that I found it. I found it much cooler to just hang out with somebody instead of going. Oh, let's make this proper. And uh, you man, dude, I've done so many fucking interviews. I just like to talk. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just saying, keep yeah, firing away, boys. Yeah, I've got to say to you, Rex, um, when you work with. Uh, Jerry Contrell, um, Alison Chains on Boggy Depot album. How, how was that working with him? Is he, is he an old buddy? That must have been pretty sweet. It was cool. We, uh, you know, I went up to Seattle 
we had a break in between. It was the very end of the of the uh, Great Southern Trend Kill tour, and Jerry called me up and says, "Man, I got I got these tracks. Let me send them to him." I listened to him. And I was like, "So who else playing on it?" He goes, "Well, I wanted you to play on, you know, uh, this one, this one, and that one." But I went up to Seattle. And we rehearsed the whole record for about a month. Yeah. Then I came came home for a month, and then we went up to Sausalito D. Um, and stayed in these fucking, uh, these goddamn, uh, uh, houseboats, um, right, right in the fucking harbor off of, in San Francisco. Um, and so they had a very different working schedule than what I did. I like to go in and fucking, while I'm there, it's album time, you know, everybody get to work by noon or one, you know? Mm. And uh, Jerry wouldn't show up for like three days sometimes, but you know, it, it, man, we it 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 was fun. It was fucking fun. Yeah, sitting yeah. on a boat in the uh, San Francisco was it <laughs> Alcatraz, isn't it? I, I went over that yeah. Golden Gate Bridge yep. once, and I was trying to get a flight back to England, and it was like Monday morning, and it was like total mist, and I couldn't fucking see Alcatraz. <laughs> it was, oh, it was, it was so misty fog. on a Monday morning in the rush hour. I could, I couldn't even see the thing. Uh, in the fog, yeah, yeah, yeah it was in the fog because um, I was just trying to get back to the airport um, in Vegas, and that—that's the only time I ever saw it. <laughs> man, San Francisco, the trip, you know, um, they've got all kinds of cool fucking joints. Um, uh, we used to go in the city like at least you know twice a week because we were out there in the bay, you know, um, on the other side of San Francisco, kind of going up north not across just north to go golden gate so um you know probably took us 30 45 to get downtown but man there's all kinds of fuck crazy shit down there you know mm-hmm. um we had a really good time doing that record in fact i ended up playing a lot more than i than i thought i was going to play on it but wow. then dime dime called and he goes you know dime sent me a fax and he called me he goes dude we got a fucking live record coming out you need to get home yeah and I was like, um, shit, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell Jerry? Mm. You know, and um, and it as it turns out, he just got on as to come up and finish the record. Mm. But uh, you, you got to do what you got to do, right? You know, yeah. I don't think he toured that record. Same for the same reasons I didn't tour my first record. You don't have enough fucking material, and you don't want to, you don't want to play, you know, look, if I wanted to, I could have started a Pantera tribute band years ago. You mm. know, but who who the fuck wants to do that? I mean, I you was know, like You know what I'm saying? You want to get away from that. You want to play your own shit that doesn't sound like you know. Yeah, of course it's going to sound like a little bit like Alice in Chains because Jerry writes all the songs for Alice. Yeah, Chains. yeah. You know, so um, <clears throat> he could have probably gotten away with it, but me not being the singer, you know, I think I threw everybody for a twist when you know I put the record cover with a guitar over my fucking neck and. Uh, you, you know, uh, it kind of threw people aback. But when you mm-hmm. listen to the record, it's it's uh, it all makes sense. It makes sense to me. You know, yeah, I was just I was just head I was headstrong on just going. Okay, look, I'm gonna change directions a little bit, fuckers, and just do it as drastically as I possibly could. You know, mm-hmm. not 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 mellowly. You know, um, it, it's much easier putting a guitar on and getting up and singing than it is with the bass because I'm so you know, 
tuned into how that bass should go. And there's so many great bass players that um, that have come through with the band. And, and uh, you know, we, we showcased, and uh, hell, I'd probably have about three different bands that I could call upon to go play this music if I wanted to right this second, you know? Mm. But uh, we're still in we're still in lockdown here in the states. I don't know if you guys are or not, but uh, we got it pretty bad here, man. You know, we had twelve hundred cases yesterday. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, you're still in the peaks. Yeah. Yeah, we, that's me to Jimmy. We've kind of gone over that you, part now. You, you, you guys have had thir- thirteen yesterday. You know, mm. I'm checking it out. You know, you see the difference between what's happening. You know. Yeah, America's it's scary. Such a, such, a, such a big place. But at the same time, um, I don't want to get into the political part of it, but uh, there's stuff that could be could have been done, you know? Um, yeah. And, and well, still we can had be the same done. Here with that. You know, it's, 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 it's the whole, everybody's got to wear a mask, dude. It's just going to be part of life for a long while. Yeah. You know, you just you just have to get used to it and, and suck it up. We're never going to see this again in our lives, hopefully. I um, not. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, Rex. When when it, when the peak does drop down and and it, it does return to normal, it's amazing how quickly it turns to normal. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying it's 100 percent normal here because obviously loads of people have got you know perspective on it, but um, it it kind of turns really quick and also you're just going into shops and you're going to work and you're, you're like, oh, you know, could that really happen? Sort of thing. Like, yeah. I've got a, I still uh, the the only thing that's kind of fucking with me is that that I I'm, I don't want to get on an airplane. No, you know, no, I think that's that's a, that's asking for fucking trouble. Um, even though I could do it, you know, I miss miss going and jamming. That's for sure. Um, but until that point where I feel it's necessary to uh, to go back to Nashville, which will probably be here in six six to seven weeks. Um, um i've got a bunch of stuff i gotta do you know yeah um until then i i, I go to the grocery store and i mask up and i still wear gloves you know yeah. they, they say it they say it then you know it's not on services i think that's bullshit because mm. we're the wrong um yeah. i think it still does live on that stuff but they wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had all that problem at the very first mm. um i had to go get tested um uh the whole family went and got tested here uh yeah. my my kids which are they're 20 they're twins um they drove down my birthday was the end of july and uh i didn't know they were i didn't know they were coming and uh my daughter goes she called and she goes to go outside and look for a package i'm like all right and uh and then i'm I'm looking for the package my head's down and and here they come up the walk i didn't even see them out in the street they parked across the street and uh and just blew me away, but we were under a 14-day quarantine, which means yeah. the kids had to stay for 14 days. And during that period, one of uh, my partner's uh, sons, um, contact through contact tracing, tested positive. Mm. Um, so we think that he's asymptomatic, or we would all have it. You know what I'm saying? So um, that it was a bad test, but it takes forever to get a test here. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like not, it's not like one of these two-day turnarounds. You got to wait five, six days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in the state that I live in, New Mexico, um, we have per capita one of the lowest death rates of anybody. They they still haven't opened up restaurants yet. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they they tried it with the bars. You know, which is just no. You know, 
not a good idea. Mm. Um, not that I go to bars anyway, you know. Um, I quit drinking years ago. Mm. But uh, it's one of those things where it's just, um, yeah, it's still pretty, you know, I don't mind tight restrictions at a certain point, you know. Mm. I think that what's, what's going on over here in America, we're having a problem with everybody is just, um, you know, all this, this, uh, all these protests, man. It's just, yeah. you know, it, it's getting to the point of we're fixing to have martial law here in this fucking, this place, and it's going to suck, you know. Mm. Um, that's really going to be a, a terrible thing, and I hope it doesn't come that come down to that. But yeah. you know, I don't know. If, I don't know if y'all been watching the news, but there was some crazy shit that went on yesterday. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. The whole world's gone crazy at the moment, mate. It feels like things just. Well, I think everybody's every, everybody's just just uh, they're pent up. You know, the frustrations are are right on their sleeves, um, and all they have to do is figure out that this is we're going to have to be doing this for a while, man. Yeah, that's right. Fuck it. Fuck it. It is what it is. You, know, you just got to crack on with it. Yeah. And look, you know, we just have to take every precaution that we can to, to save ourselves, number one. And also to save anybody out there that we don't know, you know? That's what I get out of it. You know, if you can help somebody else during this crisis, you know, um, that's the best thing you can do. We, we've raised. Uh, I don't know. We've raised almost two hundred thousand dollars for music cares through merchandise from Pantera side, mm. um, you know, good. which is which is nice for charity, you know. Yeah, um, of course, yeah. and that's just just selling goddamn T-shirts, you know. Yeah. Um, so doing your part is what you got to do, and um, and it's uh, yeah, man. I'm ready to go make music, you know. Yeah, no, I bet, uh, man. You know, I mean, you know. You've already got. You've already recorded some amazing albums, and you've obviously got a lot more in you. Keep it coming. It's really, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> you, you know, I've been in this business forever, and I told myself, like, I'm going to go take two years off. Yeah. Bullshit. I didn't <laughs> take two years. I took six months off. If anything, I had more bricks hit me in the back of the head than, you know, what I'm saying. More offers coming in, and yeah, and all kinds of stuff, and a lot of stuff I had I just turned down because of integrity. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been asked by fucking a dozen bands to make millions of dollars. And I've said no, just on the fact that I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's not, for me, it's not about money. It's about the integrity of what you do, you know? So that's just who I am. Totally, totally. So let me ask you, Rex, because uh, our, our podcast predominantly is about gigs and shows that we've been to and that, um, other people sure. have been to. So what we wanted to ask you, um, we should have asked you in the beginning, but you've been such an interesting person to talk to. <laughs> we haven't asked you yet, but what, what, what were your earliest gig memories, like the earliest shows you went to and also the earliest shows you played? How did that all feel? Were you nervous? Uh, Moscow, nervous. Um, yeah, Moscow, we were there for like four days before, you know, when all the coup was going on. And, mm. um, and we went into the field and watched them set up the stage. And then we did a whole bunch of press. And, you know, they do every, every country in the, in the planet there. Um, mm. Warner Brothers is the actual one that put on that whole show. With, you know, ACDC, Metallica, and the Black Crows were touring together during that Monsters of Rock thing all over Europe, right? Yeah. Um, so, of course, our tent's right next to Metallica. No, We've known those guys since like 83 or 4. You know, um, 
And so, and we had just seen them three years before when they were putting out Injustice and played us all those tracks and stuff like that. Um, but Moscow was definitely, I was, uh, we went on about two in the afternoon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, basically at that point, we were just a bar band, mm. you know, um, and we went, we just, we tore up the, you know, this, you only get one chance to play rock star and that was it. Yeah. Um, if you're hanging with the big boys, you better do it right. You know, <laughs> and uh, certainly obvi obviously we legendary. did. Legendary, that footage is legendary. And, uh, you know, and then we, there were so many great shows, you know, even, even when we were playing by ourselves to small crowds that I remember, um, like we used to play a place in Boston called The Channel. And um, we had a really good fan following there. And it was a really cool little fucking metal club, man. We would just hang out. And we would always, we would always ask to go back to Boston, you know? It didn't matter what, you know, usually it's freezing fucking cold in Boston in the wintertime. But um, it became one of our places. Also, like uh, Dayton, Ohio, stuff like that. Going to the Midwest. Um, there's some other brilliant shows that could go on and on, man. I played... Mm. I played before, you know, three people to fucking a million, yeah. you know. Um, do you want to ask me anything specific? Oh, no, one of my questions was actually going to be, when you actually walked out on that Monsters in Moscow stage and you saw, it looked like the whole of Russia was watching you, didn't it? It, it went as far as the eye could see. What did you think yeah. of that moment, Rex? There's just so you, many people. Well, you better get it you better get your fucking hoofs on, you know, it's, a, it's only a 30 minutes. It's, it's only a 30 minute set. And we, we got together before and, you know, kind of gone through the set list the hotel before we left. And uh, just tell Philip said to run it as tight as you can possibly run it. We got to get as many songs as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, and it was, um, you know, that between, I'm sure at that point, I think I only had like two guitars, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think we just took one. <laughs> you know, so you were flying by the seat of our pants. You know, they put oh, yeah. all our gear there. But we were, if you, we were right in the middle of a recording vulgar um, yeah. when all this happened. So um, it was, it you know, basically there was, there was probably fifty to a hundred feet, uh, or also maybe yeah, to a hundred feet of barricade from the stage to the audience. So. You, you could only see, you know, maybe 200 feet out. And that was the first maybe six rows of, and there were probably 20,000 kids in, in that fucking airfield of just those six rows. You know? <laughs> so, and then, you know, looking way on, no, you didn't have time. I don't, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it was just, it, it was, it was like, it was just so surreal, you know, yeah. or unsurreal. You were just in like this movie. You know, um, like yeah, that, great gig in the it, sky, but it was the great gig on earth, wasn't it? It was like everybody, <laughs> yeah, there. dude. Yeah. It, like... it was, it was just so cool because it was so loud and it was so, um, you know, gigs like that make great bands. You know, if you can pull through something like that, and you know, I was running around the whole deck that goes out, you know, 400 fucking yards and come back and, and, uh, <laughs> So they they're putting the movie out and and uh, and me and Don's wireless is at that point you know only went maybe two hundred feet 
So we were breaking up a little bit, you know, and not knowing it because of just the heat of the moment. So we had to go back in in New York and like just, you know. Oh, really? Uh, I touch it up, did grab the bass, you know, the fucking local music store. I can borrow this for 30 minutes and send it back to them. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're just small things that, you know, like the end of a tag or, you know, the end of the end of the song. Yeah. Um, it's only a little, one little spot, you know, that happens all the time. Mm. Um, but okay. we didn't fix up any, anything else except for dropouts, you know. So. Yeah. No, sure. Well, Pantera want, absolutely uh, delivered that day, didn't yeah. they? 100%, <laughs> mate. You know, for, for us getting into metal and being into metal at that time, that was, that was the holy grail, really. Yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, uh, it, was, it was for me, yeah. Did, did, I don't know how you feel about the vulgar videos when they were being filmed at the time and stuff. Did you ever think it'd become like a cult classic amongst metal fans when you were just filming, no. like, mucking around backstage? Cause, I mean, it's just a, it's a cult classic, especially over here anyway. We don't. Yeah, we've watched that, so many times. Look, that, those were just our everyday lives, you know? So it's yeah. just what, what you're seeing on film is not made up or anything else. It's just that that's, that's the That was the tour, yeah. That was, our, that was our life, yeah. you know? So to me, going back and watching those things, um, I just get a kick because you know, I miss the camaraderie, you know, especially with the brothers gone now, you know, um, especially Don. It's just, you know, um, it's, yeah, both of them, you know, it just, it's, uh, it, it's really kind of hard to watch, you know, sometimes, but, you know, it is what it is. And mm. uh, you take the good from the bad and, and uh, you know, uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda, uh, fucking, I'm glad they're cult fucking it's it's amazing yeah. you know when you when you're we sitting still, there as a 16 17 year old on a saturday morning with a bacon sandwich watching that you're just looking at the the, the stuff you used to get up to guys and we're just like you know in awe that, of but it. that would but that was us that was that yeah was no i mean dressing up as kids and stuff <laughs> playing on stages we like look if you're gonna get out there you better have a good time you know there's no reason to get out there and uh be on the road to make yourself miserable, you know? Mm. Um, you made the and most <laughs> and that And that we did that for, you know, between me and Vinny and Daryl, we did that for 20 years yeah. or more, you know? Mm. Um, Philip came to, into the band four years later, but, um, you know, in the, in the end, it, uh, well, we did something right, mm. you know? It's still, you still, uh, still talk it's to Terry? Um, I, I, we were in touch for a long time mm. and, uh, I had seen somewhere he had sent some goofy shit and I just haven't talked to him. Right, right. He just, ha just hasn't come around. I, t I think I spoke to him after Vinny's death. Um, mm. but, uh, you know, I did nothing no more. Um, no, I, I would say, look, you know, when it comes down the road, you know, if he, if he calls or I call, um, you know, there it is. It, it, I don't have any animosity with anybody. No, no, no. You don't seem like that kind of guy, you know, you're, you're just a cool, easy, easy going guy, you know? Well, I'm just, I try to be, you know, um, I try the best you can be. Um, you know, I mean, that's just, uh, why be a miserable bastard, you know? <laughs> Rex, do you, um, do you remember, in 1994, um, Pantera played Brixton. That was their 
first time I saw you live. Uh, Brixton Academy. 91? 94. And uh, I saw you the same oh. year. You did the uh, Monsters of Rock with Aerosmith in 94 as was, well. Was Brian May there? Uh, I think, uh, it, no, we played, we played the Hammers. I can't remember if it's the Hammersmith or the Brixton. Um, all of a sudden, we, me and Dom shared it. Back then, uh, you know, the dressing rooms were really small. Me and Dom always shared rooms, you know, all the way back to, you know, 82 or 3. Um, we shared hotel rooms um, in those early days until, you know, we finally had enough money we could all get our own rooms. But mm. um, so, you know, uh, that was kind of the way it was, you know. Vinny and, uh, Vinny and, and Philip were together. And it, I, I've got to, I, I want to say this has got to be Brixton. Uh, the backstage was up, you had to go through a different place and it was on the other end of one behind the stage. Mm. Um, what gave you that? Is that Hammersmith, the old Hammersmith? Uh, it could be Hammersmith because it's like no. Anyway, we get a knock, we get a knock on the door and it's fucking this, this big, tall guy with silver blonde curls and immediately me and Dime fucking just fall to our knees as Brian May. Um, and he goes, am I bothering you? Can you sign something for my son? Just like that as a gentleman, as nice as he can say it. And we go, please come in and lock the door behind you. You know, so he, he comes in with his son and then, dude, we sit there and you know, all we, all we had was like a cheap bottle of whiskey or and that and beer or, or whatever. And we sat and talked to Brian for, I would say, an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, while everybody was trying to get us, you know, we had to go meet and greet, go do all this kind of stuff. There was no way anybody was getting in that door. To, <laughs> and he, man, in fact, I still had the, the little pence that, you know, he plays with those, uh, your, your pennies there. Yeah. Uh, the pences. Um, or Sterling, what are they called? Um, I think they're Pence, whatever the fuck. Um, the little, the little small fucker that he played with. And so anyway, I still have one. It's in my bag. I can pull it out right this second. <laughs> that's crazy. You rock gods, yeah, Rex. Now, now that's uh, now that dude. You know, fucking Queen. You know, Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. Is there the is there been made? Has there been anybody else you've met that you've just literally been lost for words? There must be more in the course of your uh, career. Oh, just... oh, fucking Pagey. You know, Pagey for sure. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know, dude, I didn't know whether to go up to him and say hi or what the fuck. And Ross, thank God Halpin was there. And Ross comes up and he goes, man, I want you to meet, you know, this This is Mr. Sir, Sir Jimmy Page. Yeah. And I just went, I just showed him my tattoo. I couldn't speak, you know. Um, and he turned out to be just the nicest guy. In fact, I got him. That was the same gig I was talking about with Billy and them. That's where yeah. I met him. And Ian Hunter was playing. So I was trying to get, I think we went on right before Ian Hunter. And so I got, I went to production and I went and got them a, a golf, a, one of those golf carts so you can get around. Mm. We were playing on, a, on, the, on another stage, just uh, too far to walk. So I go get him a buggy and um, 
And I go, Ross, man, just have Pagey come on and see us. And this was down. I said, man, just have him come for fucking one song, please. And mm-hmm. and Ross goes, man, I'll try everything I can, Rex. In fact, I just ran to Ross in October and did a photo shoot with him. Fucking mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, but man, it, yeah, it was it was fucking insane. You know, when I got sh- when that dude shows up, oh my god, and he's just the the nicest, you know, kindest motherfucker you ever want to meet. Same thing with Brian May. I just something about you guys, your your um the manners of you fellows it's kind of like a southern thing here you know you have to have good manners when you're around people like that it's very important sir as crazy as we fucking work as drunk as we could possibly be we would still pull our fucking manners together and i think that's what you know um, i think that's that's what has has kept everything intact over these years because we have those those set of morals you yeah, know, that were you know, even though we were debauched as fuck, and you know, we just had to have entertainment for ourselves on the road. You know, as much yeah, as yeah, I mean, I suppose we did. You know, during the day and that, when you're gigging every night, you've got to entertain yourself. You've got to fill the hours, haven't you? Yeah, you know, sometimes you don't want to get off the bus, and you're you're not feeling well. You got 102 fever, and uh, you just got to do it. You got to go sign the fans' shit. You know. Mm. Um, and then there's some nights where, you know, you just, you can't, you need to go lay down, you know, and yeah. there's some nights where, where you're, you're the asshole, right? Because you didn't show up to fucking, well, sorry, kiddo, I had a 103 fever. I had to go, you know, lay down for a little bit. Yeah, you um, know, whatever happens, you played the gig, you know, it's, that's what people are paid for. But yeah, it's, it's amazing that you guys always went above and beyond. Boy, we gave her hell, you know. It was hard getting all of us on the bus, you know, and try to move out by six o'clock in the morning. It, mm. We just loved it. We loved hanging out with the fans. We were fans too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Who's some of your favorite bands that you've actually toured with? I mean, dude, we've done so many. We did so many festivals, so many. Um, one band, I can tell you bands that I would love to tour with. Mm. Um, but to tour with, and let me think. Um, you know, we toured a whole lot with Typo because we had the same, or excuse me, with uh, Rob Zombie. Mm. And, uh, and Rob, um, I befriended him way early on because I knew it was coming. They, we shared the same management company, uh-huh. you know, and I knew that they were going to open up for us, even though they had, you know, when their big record came out, it, you know, ours was already finished in its completion. And, and anyway, there's a, it, it was always fun doing that until they, you know, the biggest thing about rock and roll that they fuck with you is when you get a lot of money. You know, that's when the problems really start in. And that's, that's, that's when, when, and if you're drinking like we were, I was just watching a Leonard Skinner fucking bio or, or documentary. And, uh, you know, it, that's where the problems all start in. We had this big production cost and everybody wants to put the big shit up. And we were like, oh, just put our amps up. You know, we don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, just give us the lights so you can see the fans were cool. You know, but Rob wanted to take out all these fucking big, big, uh, Anyway, we used to have fun with those guys. Um, Typo was probably one of my favorite bands to tour with ever, and that was only yeah. for a short, for short year. Uh, Peter, you know, all the people that we've met over the years has just been uh, incredible in the support and the support we get back, you know. Mm. Uh, Philip, Philip would always take, you know, obscure kind of bands like Neurosis 
yeah. on on the road with us, you know, so we could have that that kind of cool element of uh, of underground with the kids and some, you know, and I became a fan instantly seeing them on stage. You know, the Roses was fucking badass. Mm. Um, let's see who I'm trying to think. I mean, we played with so many bands. You know, you you play with some of your idols like Kiss and and um, and then you play with your peers like Metallica, and we did so many shows with those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and even with Down, we did we did two tours with those guys. You know, sixteen months. Um, yeah, I. Um, you get to speak to uh, Gene Simmons much when you when you played with Kiss. I didn't care to. Um, yeah. I had known Gene for you know he would call my phone and leave messages on there. Uh, this is Gene Simmons. I'm in town and. Uh, I prove you have a ladies' establishment in town. And <laughs> so, so anyway, the minute we became popular, Gene didn't like us anymore. Oh, you know, you know what I'm saying? So you think he felt friends we, were, we we were competition. Yeah, to, of to, to to Gene. So um, that kind of threw a threw a wrench into it. And, Mm. I mean, you know, I, I, I if I saw him today, I would say hi, give him a hug, you know. But oh. I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go out of my way to call the dude. Um, oh. He's just one of those kind of people. He just he's notorious for being an asshole. Um, yeah. You know, let's see. Um, I mean, there's tons of bands I would love to, you know, love to have jammed with yeah. or or seen from back in the day, you know, but. Um, we we were friends with everybody, man. I, you know, I'm barbecued every fucking night. Uh, yeah. Tried to, and, and we, we would just go out and buy as much fucking meat as the goddamn local market would have, and we were cooking out all day long. I mean, that's that what happened around our buses or around the backstage. Um, yeah. But it, man, it, it was it's, you know that's that's a lot of gigs, man. Yeah, of um, it's a lot, and that's a lot of years going back. Um, Philip and I just remixed "Reinventing the Steel," which um, Terry Date remixed it for us. And yeah. uh, we, we were going to go up and go up to Seattle and stay for three weeks, and then this pandemic hit, and I wish mm. we could have. That would have been really fun, but yeah. um, like the old days, you know, missing that record and us staying in a little fucking shitty hotel, just the mm. two of us. You know, <laughs> that would have been that would have been nice. You but, still talking um, about then? Oh yeah, man. We're, yeah, yeah oh, that's cool. That's, that's, We've been on the con- constantly all summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's just uh, this. Now this this the version Terry did, man. Oh my fucking god, dude! It's yeah. Man, and I I just got the vinyl over the weekend and listened to it, and it's fucking insane. I'm like, we'll be keeping our eyes open. It comes I mean, out, comes out on <laughs> se- September. Comes out on September the 18th. Right. Okay. So, um, and then the vinyl comes out on that Friday afterwards. I think it's a Black Friday um, yeah. here in the states. So um, yeah, it's a three three disc um, set, wow. and I believe it's a two disc CD set. Yeah. Um, and then with new liner notes, um, and then of course it's been remixed and remastered. Uh, both yeah. the the first the first one we remastered also. Uh, the one that that Vinny did, um, wow. the one Vinny, you know, Terry didn't do this last record, so mm. 
him coming back in the fall was the only, you know, I said, look, there's only one cat that's going to be able to do that for us, and that's Terry Date. Yeah. And so I got him on the phone. I said, would you mind just doing us the pleasure? And and uh, we worked out all the negotiations together. And, and uh, you know, Terry and I see each other every year, you know, once or twice a year. Um, he comes through here in July's for, um, anyway, we're still in touch. I've, I've been in touch with him forever. Um, we've, we've done some other projects um, that aren't out, but um, anyways, for filming and music scores and shit like that. Yeah. And uh, I just I just heard the new Deftones and it's fucking bad. Did Terry mix uh, that? Did Terry produce that? Yeah. Um, oh, I've heard fact, the single and it's, it's awesome. It, dude, I was I was really amazed that they finally got to that that yeah. sonic sound they've been looking for all this time. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I've loved everything they've done, but Look this single party, seems but, to have just it's grabbed me. You know, you know, Stefan fucking he works so hard on his guitar sounds, and he's mm. never happy with them. And dude, if he's not happy with this, I couldn't. It the, the guitar is so fucking huge. Yeah, uh, it remind it reminded me of a little band out of Texas back in the nineties. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It reminded me of us back in the day, and I was like, God damn, that's dude, awesome. Somebody, somebody's doing it because there's nobody else out there doing. It. No, I'm I'm for that album. I know his guitar had taken a bit of a backseat on Gore. I mean, as much as I did enjoy Gore, it felt like it needed more guitars. Well, I mean, it, it, this is what they've been looking for their entire career. That sound. You know, yeah. they would have had that sound this whole time and it would have been ferocious. You know, it's yeah. kind of like the, the new tool. Mm. You know, um, I met Justin. We were in Germany uh, a couple of years back. And uh, anyway, he turned out to be the nicest fucker in the goddamn planet. Mm. Um, we hung out and he fucking, I woke up one morning and I see a foot on my bed and I go, what the fuck? And it's Justin. He had to fast out on the floor. <laughs> the pillow underneath his head. We had talked all night, and, and uh, bass players being bass players, that's what we do, you know. So it was, uh, we had a lot of fun, yeah. Sure. Um, so what's happening with any festivals? I mean, y'all aren't doing any anything, right? There's no, no, live no, music, no, 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 it's a smart thing to do, guys, because if, mm. if not, everybody's going to get sick again. I mean, that's the last uh, thing right. anybody wants, you know? Well, the thing is, um, like, we've, we've already sort of bought tickets for download next year, but whether it's actually going to go ahead, we don't know, you know? Obviously, we're not going to know until near the time. I bet it will. I bet it will, but I bet it won't be as early as they usually have. They usually have, what, May? Um, yeah, well, it's, I, think it's, um, I think it's June. Yeah, yeah. there's a first yeah. weekend in I June. Think that, I think you guys will be all right. In fact, yeah, I, mean, it's I, outdoors, I think... I think that you guys over in Europe will probably open the door sooner than America will. I guarantee mm. you. Mm. Um, which means you might be seeing me a little earlier than you thought, you know? Yeah, man. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. We just cross our fingers that uh, we yeah. don't lose any loved ones in between here and there, you know? No, totally, you know. Uh, you know, I think I think the rates are dropping over here and uh, hopefully it will be for you soon. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a horrible thing we're all going through, but we just got to take it day by day, really, haven't we? Well, and that, dude, you just hit it on the head. That's what you have to do. You just take it one day at a time and it, it, it can get frustrating and you get very uh, 
you get very anxious, but at the same time, you just have to take it. It's kind of like an alcoholic. You just got to fucking take her day by day, you know, put a mm. drink in your mouth. Yeah, sure. I still don't smoke smoke weed like it's going out of fucking style. It's, it's crazy <laughs> here. And then I got, dude, I've got a card. I can run down to a dispensary and they have the, the real medical mar- marijuana. It's fucking insane. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I've been, been partaking in the, in the program. Yeah, yeah, fair play, mate. Fair so play. when you when you come over, Rex, you have to come to uh, South End and play a little bar called Chinneries. Just put, I'm just going to put that. Out. I'm going to put that. Chinneries, yeah. Chinneries in South End, Essex. That's you, Rex. Holds about five hundred. You're 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 way too big for it, mate. But please come and play. <laughs> no, nah. no, dude. I like. How how's the venue? Is it is it cool? It's yeah, right. It's, it's cool right venue. on the seafront. It's right on the beach. Yeah, it's right there's on the a seafront. bar outside the front, and that, that looks over the beach. So, in in Essex, 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 South End, South End, South End, South End, Essex. Wait a second. So, London, London's right there on the. Yeah, London's there. Now, is that east or west? East so of so London. Then. East of London, out into the estuary, right on the end of the estuary. Ah, I see. the longest pier in the world. I know I know where you're talking about. I've been down there before. Yeah. We did some photo sessions down there. Oh. Um Wow. Which well, dude, that'd be fucking awesome. Man. I'd love to come to just do it just a goddamn UK tour. You yeah, know? Um, awesome. I think that'd be that'd be fucking right. Awesome. And and you know what? Smaller joints, that's that's the kind of crowd I'm into. If I can play yeah. two nights at a place with 500 fucking people in it, sell yeah. them out both nights, you know, you're good to go. Change up the set list. But those are fun gigs, you know? Hell, I'd play to anybody in my back fucking yard. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't want to risk it. That's what music's about, isn't it? You just do it because you love it. That's all I got, man. That's all I know how to do. On your, uh, obviously, epic journey of touring, has there ever been yeah. anywhere you played where you felt unsafe and thought, this place is super weird, I'm not coming back? <laughs> yeah we went down we played um i was just thinking this the other day and it was somewhere east block fucking shithole mud up to your knees um and our toilet broke in the bus and it was fucking ever and then dude it was the worst shit weather like fucking rain i can't remember where that was probably because i don't want to remember the name of it but it was one of those, it was one of those hell, not hell fest, but, uh, you know, one of those weird. Well, in Eastern, Eastern Europe, was it? Was like, yeah. Lithuania, one, wasn't of those, it? one of those fucking Transylvania fucking gigs. That's Romania, that is. Then that, that's where it was. Romania. Was it? Romania, yeah. So anyway, yeah, man, this place was just, I mean, you literally had, they gave us boots to fucking walk around in and it was freezing cold um in the summertime and i'm telling you yeah and then look we wore shorts and shit back then you know or i mean i wore jeans and stuff but we were covered by we had you know for the next week we couldn't find a fucking place to wash your clothes other than fucking the eastern block so um yeah those what kind, kind of time was that? What kind of year was that? In 2009 to oh, Okay. I think what well, it must have been nine because we did Heaven and Hell during 2008 and 2007, 2008. 
And then we did, well, wait a second. When did Death Magnetic come out? 2008? We did that whole tour with Metallica. We did the whole world with Metallica on that record. Mm. So, um, except for places like, I don't think they went to Antarctica or some shit. We're like, no. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but then we did the Ronnie James, the Heaven and Hell thing, maybe 2009. I can't yeah. remember. We did a lot of touring, man. Um, that was almost as grueling as the Pantera schedules. And, um, and then I ended up, uh, became really good friends with Vinny Apsey and, and, uh, known him and Carmine for fucking ever and started that band Kill of a Hill. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, when Vinny left the band, I, I was right behind him, you know, yeah. uh, the guys really didn't know it, but uh, I was just trying to be cool, you know, to, up to a point where you just got to leave, you know. Yeah, I mean, if it's not working, it's not filling your creative juices. Hey, then... look, man, so, so, sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know. And, no, and I was, uh, they were wanting me to, you know, front the band on my fucking name, and it was a band, mm. you know. And look, I'm not, I'm not paying for you guys to be out here on a fucking tour. I've done enough tour in my life for fucking, yeah. you know, for the world. So, and and but I still talk to all, you know, every band member I've ever played in the band with, I still talk to. Yeah, totally. What, what do you, what do you yeah. say, um, Rex? Um, musically, obviously, is your proudest sort of thing, you know achievement or album? Was you look back on and think that was just you know my finest moment, or is that yet to come with the second album? It just you know in between two thousand ninety three and and ninety four when we put out Far Beyond. Mm. Um, you know, we were still playing 300 dates a year in between that point. And then once that record hit number one, um, we were on the map and, and it just, that was like a two year ordeal, you know, yeah. when that record came out. Um, and I wanted to say that those were some of the funnest, probably the last of the real fun times, you know. Mm -hmm. uh philip philip cracked his fucking ass on that goddamn stage jumping as high as he could mm -hmm. and uh and then you know then, um some things came into play and it, it it just wasn't and then then it got good at the end you know which is so crazy yeah um everybody said that we broke up man no we just needed a break yeah you know um it was uh it was the boys that were you know that that just keep wanting to go, keep going and going and going and going. And we're like, dude, we're burning out. Yeah. You, know, you don't recognize it, but you know, the, the alcohol, it, we should have just been, <laughs> somebody should have put us in padded cells and fucking locked the key away for, you know, six months. We, and we might've gotten through it, but we didn't have, we didn't have management to do that. No. Yeah. When we get, when we go to a festival and we drink for like three days and then we come home, we're, we're half dead. <laughs> and we're like, oh now, God, I need now, a month to do that. going out. I can't imagine doing it for year after year, Rex. How do you do it? No, no, no. no do that. Do that fucking every day for 20 years. Yeah. That's the life I live. So yeah, you're going to, you, after a while, it's going to take a toll on you mentally and physically. Yeah. You know? And I've always wondered how, how these bands do it for that for that many years. Like, is it in the end you just stop and take stock of um, it? Do you? Well, you know, man, I I jumped into rehab in two thousand three just to fucking go get to just kind of 
see what the fucking deal was. You know, I just yeah. had small kids. I wanted to know what the fuck my problem was. I wasn't wasn't dealing with being off the road. It was. Let me just say this: Con, uh, configure a big a light switch. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, mm. you can't. You know, it's like the size of the fucking side of your house, and you can't turn it off. Yeah. You know, that's what it became, and we needed to t- turn that light switch off just so we could regroup. Mm. figure out we had just you know with reinventing the seal we were all in the same place and it was a really good feeling and and then you know 9-11 happened and we had to put it on halt you know and then we and then we went home we had already finished 16 months of touring on that yeah so when i got home i was just like man i've I've got to figure this out and then philip and i did this did the down record um 2002 and the guys just took it the wrong way. We seriously just took it the wrong fucking way. Yeah. Um, and we we said we weren't going to tour. Huh? We're just going to record these, you know, songs and let it be. And then uh, an Ozfest came up, and we decided to go do it like idiots. And then after that, I just came home and I said I need a break. Mm. And so, um, and Philip did too, you know. And the rest, all of us needed a break. And then, you know, they went out with their damage plan and the rest is fucking history. Yeah. You know, it just really kind of sucks. But you get on, you keep moving, you got to keep moving. And, uh, yeah, clearly. And, uh, well, it, it was hard, you know, it's mm. still, you know, it's still kind of hard that, you know, the guys that, the people you've known the most are no longer with you, you know, mm. uh, known the most and the best. So, um, oh, of course. I mean, you went for everything with those guys. So, yeah. yeah, man, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's just, just kind of crazy. It just, uh, it's life, and it, it has its incredible ups and downs and its changes. And without them, um, we would just be sterile, motherfucking people, you know. So um, I'm just enjoying playing music again and doing it the way I want to do it. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll turn you. I think we're probably gonna start releasing some records before Christmas. I mean, like a couple of singles, um, right. just to kind of get some buzz for them before we put the record out. So, yeah, um, I'll let you know. I'll keep informed. And uh, oh, please do. I, I, hey, look, I, I trust you. I heard that thing you did with Jimmy. And I was like, you know what? I get, got to get on the horn with these guys. So, um, you know, I haven't haven't done that uh, during this pandemic thing just because you know I don't have anything to fucking promote, but. Uh, this has been fun. Do you have any other questions? What about doing the crowbar records? Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Um, God damn. Um, that a messy one. That was um, that was one of those things where um, Kirk needed wanted to. I was down in New Orleans still a lot. I was going through kind of a, some problems at home with the lady and. Um, mm one of the first seven that so I it just went down there. We recorded that record really quick. Yeah. Um, which I think is one of the best records he's ever done. Not mm. saying that because I was on it or, you know, produced the thing, but I think it's Kurt finally started singing, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. He's got, and he's got a great voice, you know, and yeah. he's a, he's a fucking riff master from hell. Um, play coming. And we, and of course, you get me and Kirk together, it's always going to be crazy. So, um, it was just one of those things that I went and did for, you know, two or three months and came home. You know, so yeah. 
I kind of forget about that lineage because that's right around the time that everything just went to shit. You know, uh, I mean, you know, the tragedy. I moved out to L.A. of all fucking places. Um, bad mistake. I should have moved to fucking uh, Alaska, you know. Um, mm. But I was working at the time, and that kept me busy. I probably played 100 records when I was out there and different names different cats uh, with this, uh, this producer, the, the guy that produced uh, Down 2, um, he had moved out there. So anyway, kept me busy after Don, um, so I could kind of deal with shit, you know? Mm. If, you, if, you could, um, if you could play with any artist today, who would it be? Because when, I, when, when I, I spoke to Jimmy, um, he mentioned a French band called Gojira. I don't know if you've ever listened to them. Yeah, I do. I dig them. Um, yeah. I have for a long while. They've been around almost 20 years, haven't they? Yeah, I think they've um, been around for quite a while now. Yeah. In fact, I've got I've got that guitar player. He's got a signature model Charvel. I have one of those guitars. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's got a really tight tone to it. Um, mm -hmm. I've been listening to this band called Church of the Cosmic Skull. Oh, okay. Are they like Trippy a stone shit, band or something? Dude, it, it, I don't know who the fuck it is. Ooh, yeah. Some dude turned turned me on to it. Fucking, it's uh, it, it's like some Scandinavian band. It's like a cross between a doom ABBA. It's like, <laughs> it, 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 check it out. It's fucking, it's dude. It's out there, dudes. It's yeah, I'm certainly it's checking it out, mate. Sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Church, of really the, Church of the Church of the Cosmic Skull. Church of the Cosmic Skull. It's like this little cult fucking band. Oh. And they're, they're apparently fucking getting a lot of fucking hits or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah. They're from Nottingham. They're from the UK. Uh, dude, I'm, I want to say Scandinavia, but very well could be from the UK. Yeah, they're from Nottingham. Um, we just looked it up on Wikipedia. They were like capes and shit. Dude, you got to go watch their video. Oh my God, they look like Abba. There's a picture of them. Abba with a guitar. <laughs> That's crazy. Have you seen that shit? It, it's fucking, it's insane. I mean, you, dude, you have to check this thing out. You know uh, I will. They write, they write a really fucking, it, it, it's, it's like almost too good to be true, but in a, in a fucking weird Charlie Manson way, you know? <laughs> uh, it's fucking, yeah. It, I'm, yeah. It, it's, uh, but it's still melodical and cool, you know? Yeah. Um, you're you're asking me if there was one one band I could play with. <laughs> no. uh, it'd be it'd be Neil fucking Young, you know. Young, uh, yeah. Petty's not oh. around anymore, so you know Petty would have been my first choice. But uh, sure. I'm I'm a huge Tom Petty fan, so yeah. Um, as the whole world is, but um, I mean you know. That guy was such a brilliant song. I would never. I, I don't think we'll ever probably see another one of those guys. Then again, then again, you never know. You know. No, no. I, don't, I think the whole music industry's just changed so much now, isn't it? It's hard for anyone like who's. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's tons of bands that I would like out there, you know. And I check the Apple Music, and you know, when it comes in every Friday night, and see what bands are out there, and I listen to some of this stuff. But dude, it all sounds the same to me. Mm. You know, um, it's it's like they have this one, and, it, it, and this is another thing that pisses me off about the music business is the uh, the genres. You know, yeah, like they have the 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 
the bands that want to sound like Green Day, you yeah. know, um, and there's so many of those. And then there's, which I would say the Blink 182s. And I don't want to talk about bad about anybody, but they, they're all kind of running in the same territory. Yeah. You know, um, as far as metal, I have no idea. I've kind of removed myself a little bit from it. Yeah. Um, just because it's not what I'm doing. And I did that for so long, you know. Sure, sure. Um, you know, you need to take a break from it every once in a while. Yeah, so every, every once in a while, I think, you know, I think a lot of guys are going back to the roots, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I really kind of, uh, um, I've been wanting to do that for a long, long time. And the, hence we have the solo records, you know, mm -hmm. um, the, I know that this, the, the one after this record that comes out is going to be much more single note, more kind of a heavy kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, I feel it's time for me to do a, a little heavier record, huh. um, you know, to get back to, I mean, like if you go back and check out, you know, like the first two fucking Aerosmith records, you know. Yeah. What about um, working three. with Cavalier Conspiracy? You worked on their album, didn't you? Max, obviously he's a legend, isn't he? Oh, dude, I, <laughs> I showed up in a, in a studio and, uh, and so Max goes, Hey, glad you're here. Mark's off. I'm like, what the fuck? So I walk into the studio and I brought a five string bass with me. And, uh, well, nobody knows what tune was, what, what tune that, you know, the song's in. I go, well, guys, you just want me to. So anyway, I just kind of tuned up and played along and found the notes and, and played on the track and left. And that was about the whole thing. I mean, that was it. Yeah. yeah, I think I saw Igor and, and said hi, and, and that was, uh, they just pulled me down. That's the last I've talked to this fellow. Wow. <laughs> and then it was <laughs> just strange. Yeah. It was weird. It's like they had the, the guitar, the guitar player came in and said, oh, well, well, this is dropped. It's in this weird, and it, this tuning I've never fucking heard in my life. And they were dropped so fucking low that uh, thank God I did bring the, the five string. But uh, I think I just single noted everything. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot I've played on a bunch of shit. Um, I'm glad you guys are bringing it up. And I just remembered you being on the album. It's actually a good new album, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. We saw them. What's that? We saw them play the album, Cabinet Conspiracy, one of the. Uh, yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. With, uh, yeah. with Igor? Yeah, yeah, Max and Igor. Um, they did the album. Obviously, we've seen Soulfly as well, Max and. The legendary gig we saw with Pantera, Sepultura, and Aerosmith at Monsters of the Rock. That was like the pinnacle when I was. You know what? I went in the. I went out in the crowd that night. You know, killed over hole played, and I played with Down or played with the Illegals. Um, and I went out and watched Errol Smith from the board, um, mm. and it was fucking nuts, dude. Um, okay, hang on. So here's a. You y'all are getting the news here first. Reinventing the Steel comes out on Thursday, September 10th. Nope, it's been moved back to January the 5th. January? Yep. What? I sh overshot my water. They just changed this. Um, the times, isn't it? Trippy. What are the extra yeah. tracks then? Are they all like uh, demos and stuff? Uh, we have some demos in there. We have some uh, We have some covers that have never come out before. And uh, mm. I really want, I wanted to hang on to those. And of course, the record companies, you know, trying to drip it for everything they fucking can, yeah. you know? Um, but, um, 
anyway um let me see yeah that that's still on those street january 5th now so the yeah. vinyl um october, oh, october 30th you know is going to be the street date for the cd digital mm-hmm. um so there you go I've had a fucking blast talking to you, fella, but I gotta get on another conference call. I hate yeah, 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 no, 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 amazing. We've covered everything and you've been an absolute pleasure to talk to. Yeah, you Oh well thank much. you. You guys too. I I, I fucking I love you love you Londoners, man. <laughs> I, I get off on the on the, the language and trying to figure out where everybody's from and you know trying to you know, it, it, for me, it's fun, I, I'm, and I miss it, and that's why I did this. So. Oh, that's great. Um, you, 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 Rex, you've just completed episode five of yeah. Facing the Crowd, yeah. and what a guest you've been. Yeah, you've been fantastic. I mean, I'll see you at Jerry's, yeah? Thank you. <laughs> hey, man. When you, yeah, come yeah, to, come on. when you come to the UK, we'll definitely we'll have to try and meet up again. <laughs> you, hey, Sam, you're going to have to send me the name of that gig again. I'll come play that song, bitch. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, the Essex gig. Send me, send me the name of that. Uh, we'll send me the name of that. We'll joint. We'll I'll, I'll, I'll hit my agent. All right, buddy. Well, hey, y'all, y'all have a good day or night, and yeah, uh, I get to finish so. for the rest of my day. Yeah. Okay, buddy. See you later, mate. Y'all Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Working for perfect price, perfect price, perfect